de, de, de Colores Radio. De, de, de Colores Radio. Hello, hello, hello. How's everyone? Welcome to De Colores Radio. This is episode 35. I hope we are all doing well. I know that there's 15 planets in reggaeton, so some of us have been feeling extra off. As always, we appreciate you all listening. I'm your host, Eva Arreguin, and with me is the best mime in town, <laughs> Rafael Tamayo. I actually beg to differ, Omar Padilla. He might be a better mime. Yeah. I'll find out tomorrow when I go see yeah. your little show. Yes. Yeah. Cute. Hi, how are you? Uh, I am 100% fantastic. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> what just happened? Do you want to share? You don't have to share. It's a lot. I don't care. That's weird. It's, I wouldn't want to share that. It's Pat's. I, it was Pat's idea to no, go. Do not blame me. Pat, when we said we were hungry, what did you say? I said I wanted fried chicken, but we I made a where? mistake. Is what we it did, was. and I know better. We do not go to a certain fried chicken establishment establishment similar to a um religious place yeah you go here to worship but not to worship chicken so (laughs) i didn't eat the whole meal but whatever was ingested was almost immediately extrasted ejected Ejected, released <laughs> back out into the wild. <laughs> Where it belonged. So be yeah. free, little buddies. Yeah. Um, that's a lot. I'm sorry. So there's been continued madness. Wow, I said that weird. <laughs> madness. <laughs> we, what have we madness. been drinking today? We've been drinking for hours <laughs> now, actually. We have. Who is? Oh, oh, we're on Instagram Live because we, we got to keep up with the youth. Ooh. So Wito Frito said, y'all don't know about that Lisa's chicken. We actually We do, do know about that Lisa's Ooh. chicken. Oh, oh, we got one up the street from my mother's house and where? in Arlington. Garcia said, y'all going to insult Yo, the real like, No, for real. If there's only one thing about that place, <laughs> it's the, the honey butter biscuits. biscuits. Honestly, yeah. truly, that's it. Though. That's it. That's it. You ain't never lie. Because now I'm going to start feeling the little burps come back up. Frenchies. And it's not going to be cute. Ooh. Yeah. Shout out from Houston, Living Corporate. Oh, hi. We need to go to Houston. H-Town. Let's go to Houston and do a live show. We do. I'm down, down for that. You know we got people in, in H-Town. Okay. Scrooston. Scrooston, Texas. So, uh, let me rephrase <clears throat> this because my hypnotic caught up to me. There has been continued madness in the world. Like, it really feels like we can't catch a break, actually. And I it feel does. like we say that every three months or maybe every episode. But I, um, I really need your help. Okay. I need some words of advice. Okay. I want to come clear about something. All right. And uh, I want to give our listeners an insight into our personal energy, into how we are feeling right now. Into the reality of our existence. <laughs> I always have to cover y'all because you make me laugh. That's right. We're translating our feelings in the best way we know how. Memes. It's time for me mood. What do you have? Mimey. <laughs> Mimey, that sounds derogatory. Does it? And does it? Are you offended? Listen Are here, your Mimey, stripes offended? Is your paint hurt? I feel attacked. Dragon. Um... You're not going to like my meme mood. 
Why? What the hell? What? I sent it to y'all on Twitter. Wow, you're a jerk. You're such you a troll. I hate He's literally but trying. You t- acted like the other woman was going to be your me mood. Which one? The cool lady that's like, I'm a communist, Pierce. Oh, yeah. No, I said mood. I didn't okay. say meme mood. Okay, sorry. But yeah, shout out to homegirl that put Pierce Kept Morgan in his place. Um, when Pierce Morgan has been acting all kinds of wild. He's been trash like, for a minute. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Take a seat. So, what is your little uh, trash me mood? <laughs> Hater. <What>? Nation. <laughs> Yeah, it's really funny it's it like was. it's like when when people like that read astrology mm-hmm. the look we're both giving him yeah it's really hard to give y'all my meme mood yeah because you're such an aries right like, now you're being such an aries it's like when you tell someone who loves astrology your birthday and it's like a a gif or a video of uh, Danielle Brigoli. I'm mad you know her whole real name. And she's got like this red aura. Yeah, who it. edited that? <laughs> and it's like auto-tune. She's like, I know exactly the kind of she's person you are. She's like, I see right are. through you. Yeah, or something. I'll play it right now. It's, but it's so just ugly and I felt attacked. Maybe right. it'll play. I see the type of person you are. <laughs> That's I so see ugly. That's enough. You You're going to give people nightmares. Stop, I'm scared. It's He's hilarious. Scared. And then he sent it to our group message like a rude human being. It was funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, would, well, I see what kind of person you are, okay? <laughs> um, so my mean mood is actually the perfect counterpart. Oh, did you just say mean mood? Yes, my mean me mood. Okay. Get it, don't get it twisted. Triple M in the building. Uh, <laughs> is actually this image that came out, I think, from World Star. Or maybe it was a shade room. Shade room. Just kidding. Shade room. TMZ. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> we always do that stupid sound. Um, it was not as dramatic as we wanted to believe <clears throat> it to be, but that image, it was like a photo set of Rihanna yelling at her mans. Yeah. And I loved it. The same dude, right? The the one that they say is the prince of some... The wealthy... Yes. Yeah. And so it was really funny because everybody's like, oh, she mad. You know she's she going it. off on him about something. And then she, mm. she posted something saying... Whenever he thinks he knows more about the World Cup than you, it was like, girl, that's what the problem was. It don't matter how many commas you got. Boy. (laughs) So I thought that image was great because I I obviously feel that (laughs) a lot. Um, Anyways, it's been a long time since we recorded. (laughs) There's a lot to cover. And we now have... Wow, you hate me. We now have our me moods. So we are ready to... Role. We actually have a really great interview um, in store for you with the amazing Alejandro Trevino, who has done a lot of great work in the Dallas community and beyond. So look forward to that. And now it is time for El Juguito, the juice. All right. Now it is time for the juice, where we cover the latest gossip on pop culture, politics, news, etc. <laughs> Why are you doing that? There's a cute baby. Okay, so um, we, yeah, this topic is like so dark and you're like having a little fucking baby. Well, why did you oh, do sorry. that? <sighs> I'm sorry. Anyways, so we, of course, like to start with the rough news. Looks like the metal baby. Um, <laughs> Jesus, you guys. Um, We covered this <clears throat> last time. There's been lots of news and discussions on this topic 
Um, but the recent thing I wanted to cover was this $20 million check that Raices took to the White House. And everybody feels weird about it, I think. Why? As we should. At least the criticisms I'm seeing. Because like it's a cashier's check or oh it's God, what account is it drawn on? Who are you? Um, no, I think it's a valid reason, which is like, why do we have to pay off these people in order for them to do their fucking job? Or yeah. like, you know? Um, and so it all seemed weird, but like they, it was going to be for bonds and like anything more than that, I'm obviously not a professional in understanding the law in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically also everything that's happening and the timeline they set up for themselves to return these children to their parents is bullshit and it's not happening. And then I saw another article that said when parents are being reunited with their kids then the kids aren't even recognizing them anymore. And it's like, this is all abysmal. This is all. Did you see, did you uh, hear or watch the video of the celebrities reading the letter? And is it? I saw, I didn't click the link, but I saw it. I clicked it. And obviously it's like actors reading, right? I wonder what that's like. Actors. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway. Um, wow. <laughs> no, but they're like, um, she had to write like an official letter and at the end, uh, uh, one of the parents, okay. she was separated from her two, I, I want to say two year old. And so she's like devastated. She can't sleep. She's wondering what's going on with her child. She has to, it's like a formal letter mm-hmm. of her going to a judge and, and basically saying these things. And, um, she has to talk to one of the caretakers and the caretaker basically tells her, yeah, your child is fine. Uh, your child had an ear infection and your child kept asking about you and asking where the, uh, the child, where his or her mother is. And so obviously she's devastated. And then to, like towards the later part of the letter, the caretaker is telling her, well, yeah, she's, uh, your child is doing a lot better. It's all a, you know, a testament of, of, of like this journey of being stripped away. And then like it ends with this letter is to the best of my knowledge, true, Ugh. signed and dated, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, oh, my God, like this is somebody's life. Like mm-hmm. you're getting a glimpse of the horror and like the agony that somebody is living through mm-hmm. with everything that they know, something that is their world. And you're turning it into like a... A, a process like right. a, a something that like that it's is a basically process. yeah like it's being shown for display in the court of law as something so that you can approve and or, or you can decide whether or not this family should be together or not and then there were the uh, videos of the little <clears throat> kids testifying like there's so freaking much and this is just one ounce of what's happening right that's in the world because there's i mean especially here in the united states especially with trump especially like that nobody can keep up that whenever i see my ceo of my company introducing bush and clinton i'm like damn like i ain't saying these are better but jesus christ it's 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 so different it's so unreal what we're living in and i saw like crystal from the reed say like i wonder how much how much time we're shaving off of our lives like all these marginalized groups that are being affected by what trump's doing every day and i was like holy shit like i think about that all the time but she she framed it well Mm -hmm. um absolutely traumatizing definitely um and i've i and i'll talk about this in self-care corner a little bit more but like 
how trauma is so embedded in, in people of color in the marginalized communities since even before they're born and how trauma affects pregnancies and it's embedded in our ancestry and it's just horrifying and it feels like we can't do anything because even when we donate money again it feels like I don't know like is it going in the right place is this the right thing that needs to happen I don't know so um, I don't mean to sound hopeless I know sometimes we don't have the answers to these things um, but obviously we have a system working deeply against um, these Central American families that need to be reunited and then in bigger scale on all the marginalized communities and things happening. Um, another, I want to talk about this briefly. Uh, I had an article <coughs> pulled up and, you know, the internet is not working, so we're living in 1982 right now. Um, this is something I've wanted to discuss for a while, and if you live in Dallas, you can tell that the homelessness here has increased exponentially. Am I correct in that, everybody? Yes. Yeah, that's somebody that works. And it's and it's growing constantly, and it. I don't feel like they're doing anything about it. I feel like it's getting worse, and it's come into discussion a few times. But I'm like, what are y'all actually doing? Because I remember I heard that there was a cop that went and knocked down their little tent city as well, like maybe last year. And so I'm like. What respect do we have for these people? What are we building for them? What access do they have? I know us in the library actually have programs, especially there to help with homelessness. Mm -hmm. um, we have resources where we actually um, get them to get like free cell phones and have people that try and help them find housing. And we have different kinds of programming that we do every day, specifically there to let them know that we are aware that they're there and they're patrons that we care about. Yeah. No, I, I mean, and you because, have several like, experiences. Because libraries are essentially like a second home to them or their home. Their only home. That they, I have my regulars that I know that I talk to on a regular basis and make sure they're doing all right because I know it's hard, especially in the summertime. Like, guys, if y'all see homeless people not in the street, like, whatever you got, water or anything, because a lot of times they're out there in that 100-degree weather mm -hmm. and they don't have a place to go. Yeah. Super devastating. I, I don't know. I, I keep saying it and maybe I need to get myself more involved and see what Dallas is really doing to provide for these people because it's only gotten worse. And I don't know that. I don't know how many homeless shelters we have. I don't know if you know any of that, Rafa. There's the there's the bridge. There's a couple of them. I can get the info and send it to you. But I think there needs to they need to do a lot more. Is basically <clears throat> there, what I'm getting yeah, at. There is need. There is more that needs to happen. And um, outside of just like the general homeless problem, there's little, there's like the in-between instances because obviously every person is is different, right? Mm -hmm. And so Dallas is in a unique situation where so many things are going on that it almost is, is ridiculous that we ignore certain parts of that particular community. Right. Dallas is... Um, and I don't know if this is the most up-to-date, but is, if not the, or one of the highest uh, number, one of the cities with the highest number of um, child and mm -hmm. teen homeless yeah. and hungry in the entire uh, country. That is true. In terms of rates. So, That's like, outside of the fact that we, we, you know, we treat homeless citizens like, like they don't deserve our time or respect mm -hmm. or, or attention, um, there isn't yet another community one in, in I want to say, two to three children in North Texas is hungry. 
Mm. So it, 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 there's a lot that, that trans again, all women work well hand in hand, and too. if they don't care, they don't care. They're not gonna do anything about it until we fight to make them do something about it. Yeah. Um. So now we can turn to lighter news. Um. There's obviously a lot of other issues happening, but Rafa hates me. <laughs> Wow, I don't like hearing an echo. Am I like a dreaming right now? Take me out of here. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> all right, so in lighter news, Jesus and Miro, our good old buddy old pals, have exited Viceland. I think this news hit right after we recorded last episode. Oh. What? I didn't read the part where it says they say Vice abruptly ended. They their did. So they apparently what happened? So they in, they had and I'm like an addict, right? Like I don't watch many things regularly and make time for them weekly. But the one thing you would catch me watching was Jesus and Miro because it was almost like my news psych. I know it's really stupid and probably millennial, but I did it because I like them a lot. And then basically within a few days, it was like our final show's Wednesday. And it's like, what happened? Yeah. So what ended up coming out after, because they were doing like a, um, a live show in Atlanta, they get interviewed, I think, by Bossip. And they said that what Viceland did was they ended their contract two months early. Yeah. They stopped the show because they were upset that About they had shi- they signed to Showtime yeah. and have a deal with them now for a show. So they were salty because they were Viceland's everything. Yeah, Viceland does not have shit. Yeah, I know Viceland's been been on the rocks. Right, and And their big it's that was their prime their prime time, and so they were very upset. Even though like they were doing a lot for that channel, and they were grateful in the interview for the platform they were given from Viceland, but at the same time they were like, "Don't act like we were." Real bougie and asking for everything yeah. when y'all can't provide for us. That's with simple whack. Things. Yeah, like, it was super And that whack. just goes to show why Viceland wasn't doing so well right. anyway. Yeah. When you, when you have that kind of culture behind, you know, your programming, yeah. then of course you're not going to be doing well because if you don't grow or find a way to, to be relevant in a way that keeps you afloat, then... Right. Bye. And they were even saying that they were their own writers. They were, which I suspected because I was like, how did they do that with their personality so deeply embedded into yeah. their um, commentary? But I was just like, damn. Like they had no writers. It was them two. And Jesus was like, or Miro was like, I don't want to have to choose between going to my son's graduation and going to work. And I was yeah. like, fuck. So wow. they had them under like pretty tough circumstances. Well, um, but I'm excited to see I'm what they do for, with yeah, Showtime. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm happy for them. I am happy. I like am genuinely happy. Like there's not many cis males I'm cheering on. Dang. Um, besides um, a couple mimes I know and Bye. Jesus and Vero and maybe a few <laughs> others. Um, but I mean, especially in the entertainment industry. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, props at that to scale. Them. So. I just oh man, Viceland. I just do you think they're gonna cancel Bong Appetit? I hope they Shut don't. Shut the fuck <laughs> up! Ain't nobody watched that. I like a couple things on Viceland, but the main thing I watched obviously was. Jesus and Miro, so it's kind of funny to hear about that. I watched Training Day when they showed it the other day. Not the movie. Did they show yeah, the movie? They did. How? They're getting rights to movies <laughs> now? Guess, They're I really trying. Maybe it was FX. Maybe it was a long you day. You were all, you had just bong appetited and then you, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Who does that? It's illegal. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next topic on the menu is Drake's album. Drake. Kiki. 
Do You Love Me? I know y'all are tired of it. I had to say it, though. Have you listened to this album? I'm and by a- album, I mean fucking I was ridiculous. Say, yes, I'm upset. Epi- epic fucking album. And by epic, I mean too damn long. I'm upset. <laughs> okay, por qué, Drake? It's a good song. I'm upset. No, it's good. It's like fine. It's not that good. Eh, Let's be you know. honest. A- what do you think about what you've heard? Bruh, I'm like, get the fuck out of here with your 900,000 <laughs> billion it tracks. Is so long. We didn't need And then I read that this fool had, like, because his contract is over with cash money. Right. Which they've been And so now for. he's like, I and I got an album on deck. Like, bruh, Chill, we don't need an album good. yet. We are good. Like, this Chill one was out, too much. Scorpion. Oh my God. Do you like horse goats? Yeah. Right? So I thought it was really funny because, you know, Kanye and Pusha were like, oh, short albums are the move right now. Don't do more than 30 minutes. And then even like Beyonce and Jay's was like, what, 9, 10, which is reasonable. <laughs> reasonable. Yeah. 20, is it 24 tracks? It's, it's not It's 24. ridiculous. It is obnoxiously long. Ding. It took me dead ass three listens to get through it all i still ain't heard it all because <laughs> it's so long I, st- I have a bookmark on spotify Shut to up. have me going back like all right I'll also let's it. talk about that because their rollout was mad annoying Bruh, i hate the that playlists. shit all every single yeah. one i took a video that was a and then nice. they're like wow how did he reach one billion streams because you choked us with this whole album your little pr team did their job and you and taylor swift shove your albums down society's throats it literally said the most anticipated album of 2018 who said i didn't give that title i wasn't waiting for it that bad i was looking forward more to beyonce and jay-z than well i didn't know that was coming but you know what i mean like who why you're giving yourselves these titles you're marketing yourself this way and then you're acting shocked whenever you hit one billion streams like really you you paid for that that's what you did it was a lot and it made me annoyed of you i'm still attracted to him and would probably date (laughs) him you're still amazing and my everything no i love you i ain't saying all that (laughs) but i don't know it just wasn't a strong album to me it was overdone he tried to do too much and try to be too different and we've started to catch on to his his formula i think and really, you cannot recover after Pusha T to like a real hip hop fan, not just like a person that sucks Drake's dick, which is a lot yeah. of people. Sorry, um, sorry, kids. <laughs> so oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Hypnotic did me wrong. Um, but really, you know what I mean? At least I think that's how I feel. I don't know if you feel that way. There, I mean, as far as rap is concerned, you can't, you're not going to be considered one of the greats because you were bodied multiple times. <laughs> Yeah, and um, I hope your child is doing okay. Oh, my God. Uh, I wasn't hiding my kid from the... What is it? I, I wasn't was, hiding my kid from the world. I wasn't hiding my... What was bruh, it? Fuck, I'm fucking it up. I wasn't hiding my kid from the world. I was hiding the world from my, my kid. <laughs> or something like that. We fucked it up, I think. I mean, I'm sure we did. But the like, internet has plenty of memes. Plenty of memes. I mean, thanks for all the ammo, I guess, to keep... Your name. I just. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it was some kind of reverse ploy to make sure he was still very much like the, the pop culture of this particular time. I saw a thing that was like he's the Taylor Swift of rap, and I was like, absolutely, yep. agreed, a hundred percent, like dead ass. That's what he is. 
because now he's just having fun with it. However, he he honestly is trying to recover his name because he knows the real hip hop people do not respect him like that. Yeah, they don't, and I, with reason. I still respect him to a degree, but I wouldn't even consider him a rapper. Tbh, I'd consider him a rapper. I wouldn't consider him an MC. There's a difference. Pat sips tea. Sips double TP. Uh, I don't know what that <laughs> means. Paper. I have no idea. What I that thought means. a toilet paper. Double toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> that double toilet Ooh, paper that, roll. That two ply. Yes, two honey. Ply, you know, since I'm a rich gang, I get that oh, two ply. There, you, there it is, no, folks. No, I'm making fun of you. There it is, folks. Anyways, um, all right. So, in next big news, I suppose. Is the long-awaited journey, birthing of a baby. I'm talking Jesus, culture, Christ. Belcalis had her baby, and so did one offset. I don't remember his real name. Um, Cardi B had her baby. Right. She looked like she needed to have the baby. You know, whenever they start getting to that point where the pregnant woman's like, I can't take it anymore. Like, I was like, yeah. go, girl. Go on, have that baby. Um, they named it Culture with a K. Would you like to explain why? No. Okay. Well, we won't tell you. You should find out if you don't already know. I don't. Culture with a K. Yeah. You don't know why they named it Culture with a K? No. With a red bandana in your oh. back pocket. You don't hey, know why? Don't put me on blast. <laughs> Delete that part. Um, I no. thought you were referencing the meme. No, that's literally what they named the child. Culture with a K. Like that's the child's name. Culture. I re- so I read. I saw a meme that was like Cardi and Offset named their child something 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 something. Bruh, I said that name and my furniture started, started floating. floating. Yeah, I saved that. <laughs> so I read that and I was like, oh man. And, and so I immediately thought something Harry Potter, but I didn't know it that was the something names... Harry Potter, but that's dead ass the name. So the name is actually culture. Culture Kithicus or something like that. Like dead ass. That's the name. Um, but it's fine. They're happiest parents with this name. The kid will be filthy rich, probably not have to apply for a job one day. And if they do, they still will be fine. Um, Probably never wear blue. (laughs) Never, ever, (laughs) even as a child. Um, Yeah, so that's cool. Congrats to them. I feel like maybe she'll be happier and I wish them all the best. And I wish, anytime celebrities have kids, I just wish them peace and like tranquility in their life because it's naturally... Culture with a K. (laughs) I mean, that, what's, what did... Uh, it's naturally a lot. So, sending our best regards to the Offset family. <laughs> oh, Jesus. What are you I was up? looking up, yeah. Jason Lee named his son Pilot Inspector. Okay. You know, so when you're rich, you can bad. just do that. <laughs> when you're rich, you can name your kid Apple. Yeah. Whatever you want, just do it. Like Nike. That's the cool thing. Um... In other news that was interesting, Starbucks has taken the lead in banning straws, um, which in theory sounds really great, right? Like, that's amazing. We obviously need to take care of the planet and do something different. But now all the straw makers lost their jobs. Bitch, they will be fine. They are going to make other plastic utensils, I'm sure, and be fine. I'm so glad you're so caring of the straw farmers. I I, I ain't been using straws since 1986. And it wasn't to save the environment. It's because you're too real. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thanks for putting me on blast. Oh my God, stop acting like I'm being cruel. Am I wrong? Is that why you do it? I care about Mother Earth. Shut the f- up. I wish you cared about Mother Earth. I do. Okay. Okay, how much does that get you to recycle? All the time. Anyways, he's a filthy liar and a great actor, as you can see. Not. So Starbucks has has said by 2020, I believe, uh, they will that's be... That's too long. It is. Dang. Get with the program. We done been doing it. Um, They are going to ban straws. So that is in theory great because then it can like lead the way and help us realize how much we need to save the planet and we're wasting plastic shout out miguel but there's also the alternate side where there's people with disabilities that actually need straws to function well aren't they gonna make eco-friendly straws yeah there already is some i use one trash no i mean starbucks Um, no, so what they're doing is just making the lid different so that you can... No, but they're going to introduce eco-friendly straws. I I didn't didn't hear about that part. But I'm saying for just that whole movement in general, because a lot of places, a lot of smaller places have already adapted this. Mm. And so that's where we have to also consider people that we don't often consider, which we should, is like the disabled community that needs this in order to drink. So Mm. it's just important to highlight the people... Yeah, the people that aren't being heard in these situations, because this is a big step towards a good direction it seems like so they're leading the way in that but we also have to consider more than that every day we definitely should reduce our carbon footprint we should no we really should we i mean we're here not using as much plastic exactly have you seen our oceans i'm over you i'm so over you i'm serious i like turtles (laughs) say it say it right say it right i like turtles (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Anytime anybody says it, I only hear you now. Um, and more exciting news. I'm really excited about this story. Kat and Rafa seemed a little bit disgusted, but I thought it deserved light in this dark time in I'll the world. I'll be right back. I'm going to go to the restroom and vomit. Real talk. <laughs> be right back. BRB. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. <laughs> so... Um, I don't, this just caught my eye. It was fascinating. Maybe it's because my first job was at Ripley's Believe It or Not, that it just felt like home. <laughs> probably why. Um, <laughs> I forgot about this. <laughs> but the man with the world's longest fingernails finally cut them off. Like, can you believe <laughs> he cut <laughs> off his long 60-year-old <laughs> nails? Like, nail goals. Am I right? Um... <laughs> No! (laughs) Why are you doing this? So he had these long ass nails, and his name is Shridhar Chulal. He was from India, and they will now be housed at a Ripley's because he is legendary, and these are iconic. And I feel like he was breaking gender roles by having these long ass nails, and so I support. Can I ask a random question, though? Yes. How many times do you think his nails broke before he had a How do you wipe your ass? That's what I want (laughs) to know. Like, did somebody wipe his ass? How do you type? How do you text? Like, right? Like, how do you text and get Arthur right this? (laughs) Why are you making a joke about that? I'm not. Oh, my God. Stop. You are. I literally just told you that I'm, like, in the early stages of arthritis. You're telling people your business, and I was not talking about that? Yeah, that's why you brought it up. Okay, stop. You're making me feel bad. It's fine. Sorry. Yes, y'all. I'm in the early stages of arthritis. I think we all are. We all have problems with our hands. He needs some milk. He needs some milk. 
So shout out to Shradar for making a really big change in your life and saying, you know what? I just need to cut it. And he just went for it. And I'm just really supportive. I hope that you have a, a continued, long, prosperous life longer than your nails and thank you for sharing this magic with us if anybody wants to look it up there's videos of them cutting his nails off i found this fascinating okay nailed it (laughs) (laughs) all right and for our final topic on the juice we have the emmy nominations rafa have you looked through this i have not i just know that uh the writer the barbershop episode of atlanta (gasps) For real? Was nominated. For Correct. real? I don't even know all the juice yet because I was at work all day. But I'm very excited to see that Atlanta was nominated. Insecure. My girl Issa was nominated. Blackish, of course. You got your Handmaid's Tale. This Is Us is Emotional Ass all nominated. Um, Stranger Things. All of the things. Well, not really. Lots of it is still really super white shit, in my opinion. <laughs> but... I Jesus and Miro did not get nominated. Snubbed. Are absolutely snubbed. Westworld was nominated. I know you like that. I love Westworld. Um, I really don't watch that many of these because I try to watch a lot of like people of color. Um, There's people of things. color in Westworld. Like one. Tessa Thompson. Two. Uh, her acting is subpar too. <gasps> For real? Uh, sorry. Damn. Rude. Sorry. Anyways, I'm always just amazed at how white everything is. And that's because TV's more progressive than film. Um, and that's just like a known thing. It always has been a little bit more diverse, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, and so seeing like this lineup, it, I always feel like, did you include this black person or this Asian person or whoever? Because you felt they were truly deserving or because y'all didn't want to get attacked by us because y'all know that y'all ain't shit. And you know that the media industry is still giving all its money to the same 10 white people that are producing the same shit. And then they come and get black and brown stories and take them from us or finally decide to produce us. But maybe I'm just being too salty because y'all ain't giving me my TV show yet. Just kidding. Let me calm down. But like, if you want to do that, it's fine. Wow. I said a lot. Um, Anyways, shout out to fucking the new star of the new Harriet Tubman film, Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> bitch ass. Ridiculous. Stealing trans roles, stealing roles from every culture possible, it seems like, because she just doesn't know how to like quit her white feminism. Um, anyways, obviously all these issues, same way they're connected to the government, all these other things. White supremacy is real. We knew this already. However, congrats to the people we like for the M's. I'm a little bit meh, I guess, because, again, I watch a lot of um, people of color produced and other community produced things. So it's whatever. But, yeah, so that about wraps it up for us for the juice for this week. Now we will jump into our interview with one marvelous Alejandro Trevino. Enjoy. We are now welcoming to the show a former North Texas LULAC District 3 Deputy Director, which if you don't know, LULAC has the mission 
to advance the economic condition, educational attainment, political influence, housing, health, and civil rights of the Hispanic population of the United States. He was also the former president of LULAC 4871, the Dallas Rainbow Council, which has the mission to create and foster a dialogue between the Hispanic, Latino, and LGBTQ community, which have a common goal, full equality, yas, and now currently serves as the executive board member of Artitude, program director of Mariconex, which is a traveling art concept that creates a safe space for local LGBTQIA Latinx artists to share their art and create dialogue in regards to issues that are affecting their communities. He is also, he look at him, so involved, a uh, project manager for Transpose Extended, which is a film documentary that explores the extraordinary challenges and triumphs of transgender people as they transition from the gender assigned to them at birth to living the life that they have envisioned for themselves, whether as a transgender man or woman. Transpose is a collection of powerful stories of individuals who choose to determine the course of their life, regardless of the difficult path of transition. So we are very, very, very excited to welcome to the show the very talented and brilliant Alejandro Trevino. I know you were going to read it all. Boo, I, I totally have to. I have to brag on all everything you're doing. Wow. I thought it was just talking points. I mean, it is, but it's also like really important stuff. I can't cut things out of it because it's all very valid. And our purpose in having you here is to teach our community about what you're doing and all the important necessary work. Just so you know, I'm going to take this and I'm going to cut that part and it's going to be my voicemail now. Oh my <laughs> Do it. I need the um, That's credit. a voicemail right there. <laughs> True. So welcome to the show. We're very excited to have you. I'm excited to be here. Um, where are you from originally? I am from up the street. From up the street, which what is, is... What does that mean? What does <laughs> that mean? I was born and raised in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. What part of Dallas, Texas? Well, two parts. So, <laughs> Northeast Dallas, over in the White Rock area, but most of my life I was uh, around the Maple Avenue area. Maple in the building! <laughs> I wonder who else sorry, is from I there. To, you know, just huh. a little shout out. What's good, Maple? Oh, my God. <laughs> and then, sorry. And now I live downtown. And you're loving the life. Yep. So then what was your child like, childhood like in around Maple? They're trouble. No. <laughs> you know? I uh, mean. But when, we, but when we make it out of Maple, we out here working. But we need to, I want to know what it was like. <laughs> True. I was like, can y'all fix this up? I'll be right back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it was fun. It was it was it was interesting growing up all over Dallas. Yeah, put it like that. Um, most of I went to school over in like Northeast Dallas. I'm a mm-hmm. graduate of Brian Adams. Oh hey, it's Cougars. Ooh, ooh. Oh my god. That's <laughs> it. That's it. That's all you're gonna give us. My childhood. You really want to know all about it? Yes, this say, is okay, about so you. The thing was, it was, and I saw light. Mm. And as I headed towards the light. Oh my god. No. Stop your skin. This man is a poet. <laughs> I see. This man. Um no, I mean, you you ask me questions and I'll tell you. So like you ha- you lived with your parents, you had siblings, I grew you up had with a my good mom. relationship with them. Uh, I grew up with my mom, single parent home for most of it. Um I do have a brother and a sister. They're mm-hmm. both older than me. I'm the baby. Yes, babies. Yeah. Um like I said, we grew up over in Northeast Dallas and over here cuz my dad lived over here, so we mm-hmm. split time between both. Got it. Um 
different time. We got to like play in the streets and go run mm-hmm. around and walk to the park and mm-hmm. stuff. Things kids don't do nowadays. Right. Um, so it was just, it, it was pretty cool. Um, school was interesting for me. Um, I was active in school because mm-hmm. I always thought, you know, school is what you make it. So for a while there, I was a nerd. I was in band. I was in choir, did all kinds of stuff. Then when I got into high school, I got into a sport. Not sports. <laughs> Got it. That's the best way to explain that ever. I've never heard it that way. A sport. <laughs> so my mom, when I was little, you know, it was like we everybody got to play sports. So she mm-hmm. tried to find something to put me in. So she put me in soccer, and I scored one goal the yes. entire time I was in soccer. But it was that's for the more other than team. A lo- oh my god! Wow. I was gonna say that's great. More than a lot of people, but. The yeah, wrong team. and so I had this habit of like chasing the butterflies and stuff. And then the <laughs> one time the ball came to me, I thought I'm gonna do it, and it was for the wrong team. But you still did it. But and I that's did what it. Matters. Yeah. After that, she put me in bowling. Yes. Go ahead, mom. Get that extra sport I got a trophy. in there. <laughs> was it like a college? I mean, not college. High school credit, where you get to like sign off that your girl. Parent- I was like eight. Oh, you, you were a child. I thought you meant high school. No, in high school I did I played a sport. I was a swimmer. A sport. Nice. Yeah. I, so I swam and I was a diver. Okay. I Michael Phelps. I'm diver. just kidding. I don't think he's a diver, is he? He's, he's just not. a swimmer. Just okay. A swimmer. Obviously not very good at that sport either. Um so then you had like a decent childhood, kind of split between parents, and you're just in and around Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, up until I guess, like, my mid-teens, probably, like, my sophomore year Mm -hmm. is when stuff started changing for me. It's kind of when I came out. Yeah. um, In the mid-90s. So, there was, like, three out gay guys in all of Dallas. God. So, like, everything changed. Right. And they were like, do you know this guy at Sunset? He's gay, too. (laughs) Y'all would all come out together? Yeah. And so, I was like, I do. I know him. Oh, my God. Yeah. There was, like, I back when I came out, there was not many out people. Right. And you were able to, like, comfortable enough and supportive enough to come out to your family? Or was it just, like, your own and the crew knowing thing? I have been lucky enough to have a very supportive family. That's beautiful. Now, when it happened, it wasn't like, you know, those movies... They come out right now, the very Anglo movies. Yeah. Yes, I too know those Love things. <laughs> yes, I saw that movie recently and I was like, this is cute. I'm glad the story's there, but this is not real. Right, not realistic. Like, I love the scene where the dad's like, I should have known. And I was like, oh no. Or Call Me By Your Name, what'd you think of that? Yeah, I actually haven't seen it. Oh, that one's really, that one's interesting. But there's a good dad scene on that one. Yeah, they're, they're interesting. They're just not like, eventually support came. Mm-hmm. In the very, very beginning, it was the, you know, lagrima. And mm-hmm. and we need to go to church and talk oh, to the priest. Uh-huh. My dad was, my dad's thing was he'd seen on I don't know Arrojo Vivo or something, of and course. he's like, you can go to South America and they oh can fix God. it. I did. It, it was, but it didn't last long. It didn't last. And you're long. like I was chasing butterflies on the soccer field. Now <laughs> come on now, somebody had to know something. Um, no, but it didn't last long, and my family became very supportive of me. Um, right after I came out as being gay, mm-hmm. I came out as being positive. Mm. So that was something that wasn't as public, but right. um, because of that, I think my family kind of really jumped on the bag wagon, mm-hmm. and they were uh, very, very supportive getting me through that and kind of moving into my um, adolescence right. at an odd time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Very young. deal with all that. Yeah, and it was a lot, but you had your family support once you learned more of the like serious information, they realized they had to be there for you. Yep. Wow. So then how did you go from that like very big ordeal into like working with getting into the political work? Oh, man, that took 
a long time. Yeah. Was, yeah. It was like, so that was high school, I'm assuming. And then did you go to a college? And then from there, you got more into it. I, Girl, I need who are you talking to? I'm trying to learn your life, boo. <laughs> she said college. She's like, do you have? A, do you own a home? I didn't say <laughs> any of that. <laughs> Stop it. Wrong to maple. <laughs> What's the APR on your... On your <laughs> <laughs> no, um... So in high school, the other thing that I did was, luckily, my mom was into, like, social justice and activism mm-hmm. way before it was cool. Yeah. Like, in the 80s and stuff, she was part of the group that got the Latino Cultural Center built. Boom. Nice. So during that time, I had this big thing where I wanted to learn what it was to be Latino. And back then, it was Chicano, and it was, you know, mm-hmm. I want to know all these things. So I was into that. And then once I came out and I found out all these other things, it was like, I want to learn what it is to be gay. Mm-hmm. So I decided to head off into that culture and into that world. Um, and I disappeared for quite a few years Mm -hmm. doing that yeah i graduated in 99 so probably from the time i was 17 until i was like in my Mm mid-20s i was exploring that world there right um and that was that was a lot and what did you think about um like because you said you wanted to discover more about like Chicanidad and Latinidad, what was your initial, do you remember what you felt like growing up tied to that culture, especially with having a mom that was very active in that like, yeah, I mean, justice I w- community? I was proud. Yeah. You know, and I thought I, I, I thought that I knew who I was and I thought that I knew all about where I came from and, you know, cultural significance and things like that. And it wasn't until I started to realize um, the truth about intersectionality that mm-hmm. it was just one part of who I was. Right. Um, and that's kind of why I went off on this other path looking for me, I mm-hmm. guess. Different parts of your identity. Yeah, that it, it dawned on me that, you know, that's not all that I was. Right. So then what was the process like from exploring that aspect of your identity to moving forward? Oh, it was a huge jump. Mm-hmm. It was just like a stop. It was like, okay, I'm going to head off this way. Right. Um, <clears throat> so I, I kind of went off on my own after I graduated, um, did my own thing, and I kind of I guess I separated myself from my family because mm-hmm. I wasn't really sure what was going on with me and where I was going. So I right. spent some time kind of uh, trying to figure myself out. Like I said, my family's always been there. They've always been behind me. Mm-hmm. I did it, you know, on my own. Right. Um, and it was interesting because I got into the club scene and I got into a lot of drinking mm-hmm. and then I found drugs mm-hmm. and yeah. So I went out there to kind of do all that stuff. Right. Exploring. Yeah. And I, I was lucky again. My family was there to reel me in when things got crazy. Um, wasn't always the easiest thing to do. Um, so I am in recovery though mm-hmm. from all that. Uh, I'm seven years sober now. Wow. Congrats. So I didn't get sober until I was 30. Right. But I started trying like in my mid 20s. Mm-hmm. And how are you able to navigate all of that? And do you feel like how did those intersections you have of your identity? How did do you think they contributed or t- like how did they help you get to where you are now? Oh, definitely. Like e- everything that has happened to me, every step of the way here has built some part of who I am. It's mm-hmm. given me some kind of strength, some kind of knowledge, um, something, you know, for me. Life is all about what you make it, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's how you deal with everything that comes your way, whether it's a positive or a negative. Right. And your parents were both from here? Um, My mom's from here. My dad's Mm -hmm. family is from Monterrey. Okay, nice. Very cool. So then how now I can go back to this. So what led from that? Because that's obviously an extreme journey, right? Like you experience all these different things. You had family there to back you. How did that lead to your work with was Lulek the first like? 
I guess, movement you joined or were you already like intertwined within all of these different communities? I would say the first group that I was in that really got me into looking at other people and helping other people Mm -hmm. was probably um, an, an AA program. Um, You know, through the 12 steps, it talks about kind of um, giving back, Mm -hmm. you know, giving your experience, strength and hope. So I took that to heart. Um, And I was a part of a program for a very long time. I don't consider myself part anymore, Mm -hmm. Um, but I still live those 12 steps. So through that, I started finding other things that worked well for me. Um, Not to say AA doesn't work. Right. There's different things that work for different people. Um, But I took that and I found LifeWalk next Mm -hmm. was the big thing. And that was, again, on the gay community. And it was helping people, um, raising money for HIV funding and Mm -hmm. education and things like that. And so I got involved in that heavily. Um, From there, I think the thing was that I realized that I'm a person of action. Mm -hmm. And for me, LifeWalk was more about just raising the money. And I kind of wanted to hit the streets and do something. Yeah, do more than that. Yeah. And so uh, a good friend of mine, Jesse Tafaya, who's in LULAC, came yes. around and was like, hey, you should check this out. Mm-hmm. And it was when they had founded a LGBT LULAC chapter. It was the first one in the wow. nation. You know, and I was like, wait a minute. And that was here in Dallas. Yeah, here in Dallas. It's um, 13 years old now. Nice. Um, still the first one, still the biggest one, still the most active wow. that's out there. Um, San Antonio's coming up on us, though. I could believe that. Yeah. <laughs> but when I found that, I was like, this intersection, I was like, holy What crap. you've been looking for. Yeah, I was like, you know, it's it's Latinx, and it's gay, and it's everything that I'm looking for. They focus on health. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to throw myself in there, and I really, really got in there hardcore. Um, when I first joined LULAC, I came in as a VP of youth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was working with youth groups in different high schools. I was able to sponsor like a young adult chapter, kind of working as a mentor. Um, it really got me in a place where I was outside of myself right. and dealing with other people. Um, so it was where I was happy. Right. Um, when I first started in LULAC, I was not a political person. Mm. My specialty was HIV education mm-hmm. and, you know, teaching kids. And I wanted to make sure other kids, you know, weren't following this path, kind of just sharing my story, thinking that, you know, Somebody has to go out there and tell this story. Right. Um, but through that, I became more political. It, like, you have no choice. Mm-hmm. Once you find out that everything is linked politically, you right. have to start to, you either you either leave or you educate yourself and you right. move further into the game. Absolutely. So it's like when you start realizing that politicians are affecting money that comes in for funding for mm-hmm. this and for that. And it's like, okay, now I got to learn who these politicians are. Now I got to learn right. how to vote. And then it becomes, not only are you teaching people about, you know, their health and their well-being, but then you're also teaching them about their future and you're teaching them how to start, um, you know, educating themselves and bringing in this this other part of it that a lot of people just don't see. Right. Um, so that's where LULAC really picked up for me. LULAC has been a great organization to learn how to become a leader and mm-hmm. learn how to become um, an inspiration, I guess, for Definitely. people. Uh, so it's been great. I mean, working in LULAC, I went from there to working on political campaigns. And then with the political side of it, um, it was like, how do I bring my LGBT mm-hmm. people into this? How do I start right, doing you this? you want to represent them too. Exactly. And it's like, the, we started thinking, um, 
what can we do to bring people out? So our answer was drag queens. Mm-hmm. So one of my big, big <laughs> first <answer>. things. Yes. <laughs> one of our big first things that we did uh, when I was in the council was we did this thing called um, Dragon Politics. Ooh. Where we did a drag show, but we would do a drag queen and then we do a politician and then we do a drag queen. funny. Yeah, it was great. And oh. that was when? Um, this was about, four, well, it was during the Clinton campaign. Oh, wow. Yeah, and Victoria was running, I think, the first time because mm-hmm. she was a part of that. Um, That's we, fun. Yeah, we had a couple of different people. It was cool. We invited the politicians, but we told them, if you come, you don't get to just come and leave. You have to come and you have to dedicate at least an hour to right. be Ooh, participate. There we go. There we yeah, go. Yeah, and it was like, we want you to, yeah. you know, set up a table or, or get down <clears throat> and talk and speak to people and, you know, share yourself because we wanted them to see politicians not just as a talking head, but more as a person. Right. It's not a PR like this. You're this is yeah. a stunt. You're yeah. actually going to be here. Yeah. So it was great. I mean, we had a blast. The politicians that came, they stuck around. They watched the drag queens. They had a good time. We had a taco truck on site, I think. Yeah. Nice. Necessary. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it was great. And it was one of the first times when I started to see how effective we could become mm-hmm. in getting people, you know, to go out and vote and to educate themselves. And doing it together and doing it in a familiar way and all of that. So I want to go back just a minute and touch on some of the HIV education because you said that and now I'm like, I want to know more. Like, what what can we share with our listeners so that people can can take the preventative steps and or just I don't know if there's a quick rundown of of just the knowledge we need. There is so much that I could say. Um, main things I will say is that if you are active and you are having any kind of sex, mm-hmm. you should be getting tested on a regular basis. Right. Preferably every three months, if not every six months. There are plenty of places in Dallas that do it for free. Um, there's even nowadays you can do at-home kits. What? Not my favorite thing. <laughs> for me, if someone were to do something wrong and get a bad reading, yes. I think it would freak me out. Right. But... Um, Educate yourself. Um, use condoms, even yeah. if you're using any other kind of prevention. Um, and for HA, um, well, for for gay men particularly, there is prep mm-hmm. and pep. I don't know if anybody's heard of ever heard of that. So prep and pep is something for you sure. can take. Prep is pre-exposure prof- uh, pre-exposure. So you take it. If you're having sex and you're in, I guess, what they consider a a high-risk category, you can take this and it'll help. It's about 98% effective in keeping you from becoming HIV positive. Mm -hmm. Um, PEP, it is after. It's kind of like a morning-after pill for Mm -hmm. gay guys. So, (laughs) interesting. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But it's out there. You can get educated about it. There's uh, clinics that are open now for PrEP here in Dallas. Um, They work with insurance. If you don't have insurance, they work directly with the drug companies. Um, just find out about You'll it. have to send us those clinics that are free because yeah. I definitely want to share that information with our listeners. I can do that. Uh, especially here in Dallas. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, the STI rates are on the rise here in Dallas or they're some of the highest, I think I heard. Yeah. And I was just like, yo, that is terrifying. Actually, so. what's scary is that here in Dallas, the STIs, um, HIV specifically, Overall, it looks like HIV um, transmission rates have gone down. But mm. if you break it down mm-hmm. by communities, African Americans and Latin- Latinx communities are affected differently than wow. Anglo communities. And those numbers are actually going up. Where and you think that's due to what exactly? Education. Yeah. Um, you know, people just don't. For a long time, those campaigns went directly to. They aimed at white yeah, people. Cis, white, mm-hmm. you know, gay men. Um 
So they didn't get out there. They didn't develop a lot of information in Spanish. They didn't go into those communities that are affected, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't want to deal with sex workers. They didn't right. deal with trans people the way that they should have. It didn't know? fit their norm, their box. Exactly. So these are the communities now that are still being affected because they haven't been reached out to because they haven't been educated um, as much as some other communities have. For sure. So what do you think are some other necessary and important topics to tackle? Because I feel like there's so much to talk about within the LGBTQ um, plus community and especially in the Latino or Latinx community. We don't talk about them like enough. Um, And you said we have the biggest chapter of the Rainbow Council of LULAC. And so that proves that they're here, right? They, They deserve to be represented. And there's just... I guess I'm wondering, like, how do we, how do we come around? How do we get our, our community to be more accepting? And I don't know if that's something you can think of besides, like, education itself. But it's just, like, it's so heartbreaking to constantly hear the same story from, like, Latinx parents not being supportive and not being there. And then we don't even get educated because we don't know. You know what I mean? Like it's the same story over and over again for like marginalized communities um, within that identity. Well, we're doing it right now. Right. Just talking about it, just being able to have that conversation, you know, whether you're straight, gay, bi, anything else, you know, being able to be open and have a conversation and not be scared to bring it up, you know, uh, having uncomfortable conversations, Mm -hmm. that helps a lot. Absolutely. You know, not only that, but stepping up and being visible. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, um, you know, some people, they just, they, they don't want to. But it becomes important, you know, I've, I've had friends who are older and they've stepped away from their families and they're like, you know, it's easier for my little brothers or my little sisters if they don't see me, mm, you know, but that's wow. that's not true yeah. because they're missing something. Yeah, and at first, they're missing their away. brother, or their yeah. sister, you know, but then on top of that, they're missing all that education. It's like I've always been very open with my family and I, I have a bunch of nieces and nephews mm-hmm. since the time that I could. I'm like, this is. These are condoms. Yeah. This is lube. Be realistic. This is where you get yeah, tested. This is what could sure. happen. You know, and we've we've been able to remove a lot of stigma in my family, right. but there's still a lot of families out there that just won't talk about it. Right. They just, you know, they turn turn a blind eye to it and And do you think a lot of that is due to like religion and our dependency on like Catholicism and other things or what do you think? It could be. Yeah. Um in some cases it is. Um, in some cases, it it's, it's, has a lot to do with, like, machismo and mm-hmm. traditionalism. Right, and, the toxic masculinity. Yeah, you know, and, it, and it's just, uh, it's kind of weird and it's kind of scary nowadays to see stuff that's going on. And you don't realize it. I actually um, heard a story not too long ago about a teenager who became infected with HIV and actually ended up dying of AIDS because oh he wouldn't tell his family. Ugh. So he progressively got sicker and sicker and ended up in the hospital no and care. it was too late. Ugh. You know, he was that scared to tell his family. You know, wow. it still happens. Mm-hmm. It's not mid eighties. This this is stuff that's still happening nowadays. There's For still sure. people getting thrown out on the street that have nowhere to go, that have nowhere to live, and it's because they don't even want to have the conversation. Wow. Yeah. So um that is a lot. I'm taking a breather after that one. <laughs> um so then what do you think Dallas needs to better the conditions for the community? You know, I think Dallas is taking a lot of steps in the right in the right way. You know, um, we have a really good city council mm-hmm. um, that has tried to be very open and do different things. There's a LGBT youth homeless shelter that's going to be coming up. Oh, great! In the future, um, 
you know, they've done a lot to educate and to bring different communities around. Um, but I think as a community, we need to think about all kinds of things and all kinds of conversations. Not only this, but we need to talk about things like colorism, mm -hmm, you know, and, and realize the, the what we do within our own communities where we can segregate ourselves from everybody else. But then once you get into a place where it's all Latinx and then it's like, oh, well, you're dark and mm -hmm. I'm light and you're right. gay and I'm straight and mm -hmm. you're this and I'm that. Separating. Yeah. And it's just like it never ends. It's it's forever just separating for no reason about mm -hmm. some different things. So I think that's 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 really the biggest thing for me is just you know removing all of that. Right, for sure. Um, I was thinking in regards to like the the trans murders that had happened recently, and then there were a couple other cases I think in the past was it last year as well that were you know murders of of gay men and so it was just like seeing those over and over again i was just like is dallas a good safe place for this community or are we just pretending and then we just sweep it under the rug um because those are heartbreaking and you want it to be safe the sad thing is that we we are a good community. Mm -hmm. um, what what you guys are seeing or what people who aren't in this community see, um, it's it's just a little bit of what we deal with every day. Right. Those numbers rise every day. In 2018, by the end of January, I think there had already been 18 trans women mm -hmm. that had been murdered. Um, in the United this, States. Yeah, right? in the United States. And they happen all the time over right. and over again. We get more notice when it's in our own community or in of our own course. city. but. If you look at the numbers now, I think we're somewhere around 30 mm -hmm. women that have been murdered. Throughout. You know, and then it, it just, it's kind of crazy. But yeah. nobody talks about it until it happens here. For sure. Yeah, I, I mean, and that's something we we constantly have on our radar, radar because we care about it. But that's where I'm like, okay, is, da like, is Dallas moving to make sure that y'all are safe and in that way? Or how do we help or how do we increase um, the education necessary there? Because we want to constantly uplift, especially trans voices, right? Because we don't hear enough about trans voices. And so we want to make sure we're getting the, the right people in office and making sure we're getting the right information necessary to educate ourselves um, to really make it a, a good, safe community. Um, so... Yeah, that's kind of what I was referencing there. So then how did you move from the work you did with LULAC to coming up with Mariconex? Oh, man. So this is fun. Um, so there was a recent article that came out in The Voice, and one of the quotes that, that came out, it said that LULAC was exhausting. Oh, my God, I'm <laughs> dead. When I read it, that's what I read. That's not actually what it said, <laughs> right. but it said since this administration went into effect, mm. it has been exhausting. I would imagine Anything so. that's linked politically is like, man, you know, in the first, what, three months of the presidency, mm -hmm. there was a march every weekend, mm -hmm. there was some kind of protest, there's everything, and then it's not getting any better. Mm -hmm. And every time you turn around, now we're driving to the Capitol, we're driving to Brownsville, mm -hmm. we're driving here, we're driving there. You know, it gets to be so much that at some point I had to stop and look at it and I was like, what can we do to get the attention of the people who think that they're not being affected? Mm -hmm. You know, how do we do that? Now, we did this through LULAC first because what we did was an art show that we hosted here at the Oak Cliff Cultural Yay. Center. Mm -hmm. We invited all the students to come in and do a Day to the Dead piece, and it was to highlight our culture, to highlight our traditions, to highlight who we are. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and kind of show show out a little bit and show people, you know, this is this is who we are. This is what you're what you're missing. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that idea, it just kind of kept growing. And I was lucky enough that uh, a friend of mine, Jerome Lattes, who's one mm-hmm. of the co-founders of Artitude, came to me and he's like, I have this idea and I think that you would do really good working with this. And I said, mm-hmm. OK, so pitch it to me. And he says, we want to do an art show and we want to call it Maricon. Mm-hmm. And so I just looked at him and I'm like, I'm down. Yeah, I like it. Uh-huh. And I was like, I, I just, I looked at him and I was like, but why an art show and why not art shows? And mm. why just Dallas? Why not all of Texas? Yes. And he's like, hey, you know what? If we bring you on, you do what you want. They nice. they figured out that I do what I want. <laughs> Real fast. <laughs> at this point, we're working on our fifth show right now um, in our fourth city. So wow. in August, August the 17th, we'll have, um, no, I'm sorry. August the 11th. Oh, I wonder what's on the 17th. (laughs) (laughs) August the 11th, we'll be opening our show in San Antonio at Galeria Eva. Um, We're going to have about seven different artists that are going to be featured. Wow. Um, Some local San Antonio artists. And we're also bringing some artists from Dallas and from RGV. Very cool. We just did a pop-up show at RGV Pride um, in McAllen. And so how has all the reception been from all of these? It's been amazing. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. From the day of the first show that opened at the Oak Cliff Cultural Center, mm-hmm. it has been nonstop. From that first show, we came and we said, okay, we're hoping 50 to 75 people. We had over 220 Yay! people show up that night. That's true. And, and Lex, is, Lex is a man of action. And that night you were all over the place because we were just sitting there and like he'd have half a second and we'd be like, oh, people are still showing up. Oh, people are still coming in. Boom. Yes. Breathing yeah. for a second. Run right back. It was it was insane. You know, at the end of the night, we had to tell him to leave. It was like a bar. Yeah. He would just, <laughs> That's true. They yeah. were lurking. He comes out. He's I like, remember. hey, we, we need to tell people to leave, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was like they, flashing the lights. But I loved it because people just wanted to be around the art. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to stay there and see it because it was just so cool to see this platform. And I had so many people tell me that night. They're like, please keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Please keep making these spaces. And we thought, OK, you know, we had planned on doing a bunch of pop up shows. Right. Well, after that first event, they'll see approached us the Latino Cultural Center mm-hmm. and they said we want to do a full on exhibit for Pride we want mm-hmm. you to bring your show over here right. so that was one of the first big exhibits that we got um, from there we did a pop up show in Austin and uh, then we did the pop up show at NRGV down at um, Pride in the Park which was amazing that sounds it was, awesome I was so excited because you know Pride is a new thing for them down there mm-hmm. they've been doing it for a couple years but just all together in, in, in RGV it's um, it's a growing movement mm-hmm. I'll say it like that um, I think last year was the first year that uh, Brownsville did an acknowledgement from the city for Pride Month. Wow. So we were super excited to be down there. And I was excited because Mariconex is, um, it's an it's an art concept. We don't right. call it a show because everywhere we go, we have different artists and we have different art pieces. Mm-hmm. So I worked some networking magic and yes. through a friend in San Antonio, I met an artist down there who said, yeah, I can help you put this together. I can get the artist there. Um, so when I went down there, I didn't know what to expect. So I knew he was like, I got about 26 pieces we're going to put up. We're doing this during Pride in the Park, so I didn't know where it was going to be. So when I get there, our station is at the doors. So when you walk into Pride in the Park, you walk through our show Wow! in order to get into the rest of it. That's awesome. And I thought, well, this could be really good or this could be really right. bad. Um, but it was amazing because people were stopping. They were taking pictures. They were asking questions. Like, it was great. But dude, the art that was presented there mm-hmm. was amazing. There was stuff that I wasn't expecting. We had been doing a lot of pictures and painting. Mm-hmm. Um, we had people that were doing, uh, there, was one, there was one person 
who did a collage like on a cabinet door with all the like stuff still on it yeah Mm. um but it was just amazing it was like a 3d art collage with her with a face painted in the middle Mm. um it was really really cool um we had sculptures we had this one artist who did um he does mickey mouse Mm -hmm. and you know the mickey mouse ears he Mm -hmm. did it in a nopal Oh, oh nice. dude people love that thing yeah. it was so cool he also did a painting huge probably about the size of one of these walls mm-hmm. but it's not a painting he uses um papel like mm. for piñatas okay mm. and he does like people's faces and nice. it's super Ooh. detailed wow like it, it's pretty amazing so i was i was really surprised at the the degree of art that we had it was just Stuff was coming, and I was like, I didn't, I didn't expect so much. Mm-hmm. I was worried that people weren't going to want to present, and they were just like, "We, whatever you have, next thing coming up, let me know. We want to just keep bringing you whatever we've got." Wow! And those, and you get artists from these different areas, correct? Mm-hmm. So you're able to kind of highlight them at these, at their in their hometowns. Yeah, that's the idea. Is we right. want to highlight people within their own hometowns. That's awesome. Um, next year we are expanding. Things are getting bigger. The show is growing, so we may change that concept a little bit, and mm-hmm. it may end up being a traveling art show. Um, but that's because next year we're going national. Yeah. Yes. Listen. Get that work. Yeah, that's we've amazing. already started talking to somebody in New York. Yeah, oh my God. gallery owner in New York. We Amazing. have some contacts in Washington D.C. that we're working Look at with. Yeah, <laughs> it's possible that we may end up doing an exhibit at a Pride Center in Miami. Oh my God! Yeah, I'm. I'm really. Pero excited. Si tú vas a si tú vas a Miami, quiero ir contigo. Quiero ir contigo. Bro, Lex, you out here working, man? Man, I, I, d- dude, we're everywhere. Yeah. I was like, let's go to New York. Let's let's see what the Puerto Ricans got for us. Let's mm-hmm. go to Miami <laughs> and see what the Cubans got. Like, I want to go everywhere and see what everybody has. And we're not stopping. Mm-hmm. Like, the idea is next year to go national, and the year after that to go international. Mm-hmm. And we're just gonna keep going and going and going. Like, we want to hit first. We're gonna hit Canada. Then we're gonna go Mexico. And then we're just. My dream is to one day be able to put an announcement up that says Maricon X presented by the Louvre. Mm. Boom. Like that's 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 where I see us going. That's yeah. wow. that's what I think needs to see us. Those right. are the, that's we want to be in front of everybody. Yeah. That's beautiful. You oh, yeah. You you see and you're all like, "Oh, it's so humble." <laughs> and I was like, "I know there's a lot inside you, Lex. I'm still learning. I'm learning and and I'm amazed. Um, so you told us a little bit more. Do you have any like personal hopes and dreams moving forward or just in Dallas? And, you know, you told us a little bit you want to go global, which obviously we support you. But I want to know more about your other dreams and hopes and wishes. Oh, man, there's so much going on. I mean, with this specifically with this project, I'm really hoping um, Artitude is at the point where we're looking at getting fully funded so that we Yay. can bring on employees wow. that'll be able to work these projects full time. Because mm-hmm. right now, this is my main project that I work on, but I also um, I'm the project manager for Transpose Extended. Right. Tell us more about that. Um, so Transpose was a documentary that we created here in Dallas uh, to highlight the lives of trans people in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was uh, it was very raw. Uh, we sent out a call, kind of like a call for art, ask people who'd be interested. Then we sent them a list of questions and they recorded themselves on their Ooh. cell phones, sent it back, and we created a documentary out of all that footage. Um, so we've stepping up the game. Nice. So this is Transpose Extended. What we're doing now is we're focusing on families, um, trans people and their families, how they were affected during this process and how mm-hmm. they've been affected, you know, in their communities. Um, I'm really excited. We've got some amazing people who are going to be highlighted in this film, some real 
big movers and shakers here in Yay. Dallas. Send them our way. We want to interview them. Yeah, definitely. And I'm sure they'll, trust me, the guy <laughs> talk, they talk. <laughs> but it's because they got so much to yeah, say, no, man. Absolutely. There's just, there's, it's crazy. It's like we were doing interviews and they're like, I wish we could have had longer. And I said, that's what the press tour's for. Mm-hmm, that's absolutely. how we open up this conversation. Yeah. But, you know, this again, too, is just the beginning step because my dream is the next Transpose will be Transpose Undocumented, mm. where we'll be able to focus on trans people who are coming into you know who have been in detention centers who are coming here you know because they're scared for their life you know we're looking at doing transposed veterans you know things like that so just opening people's eyes educating people you know just kind of getting getting the right people in front of everybody um but that's what artitude does Mm -hmm. you know we have a series of projects that we're doing right now we're working on uh, dmap have you heard about this it's the dallas mural art project oh i have heard of that Lee Madrid Mm -hmm. is the head muralist, and he's done, I think, four murals already, one of them here in Oak Cliff, Mm -hmm. Um, and he's working on, I think, six more, Mm -hmm. but what he wants to do is a mural map of Dallas so that say you come as a visitor you can go to this virtual map that'll tell you how to get to each mural and highlight each community that it's in Wow! so right now he's working on a mural over in um, Oakland that's going to be an HIV memorial Wow! and then they're doing a trans memorial but they're also going to be working on one I think in the the Lamar district Uh that's uh, for International Women's Day Interesting. Yeah, so it's it's really interesting. I mean, we've just got so much going on that it's time for us to kind of expand, mm-hmm. get bigger, get busy. Yeah, no, for sure. That sounds amazing. Um, what do you wish to see in Dallas? Man, what do I wish to see? God, if I could, uh, he's I like, that's such a that's such a small question. I mean, he was like, I'm I'm universal. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> no, no. It's like you know, the funny thing is. When you think about expanding and expanding and expanding, you always got to come back to your oh. core. True. Yeah, true. Because true. then you get so big that you forget about where right. you came from. And then you're like, wait a minute, y'all are missing everything we're doing out right. there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just want to see Dallas keep growing the way that it's growing. Mm-hmm. I just want to see, I want to see our youth start stepping up and taking these leadership positions that are out there. I want to see what the future holds for us. Because mm-hmm. people like me, I'm, 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 I'm good at what I'm doing now. But I can't wait to see what the people that are coming behind me are doing because they're better. Don't be humble. You, yeah. You're great at what you're doing. Like, don't, be, don't be humble up on Decolores Radio. Yes. Don't be humble. You have uh-uh. to brag on yourself a little bit. You have every reason to. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Of course. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's just, I, I can't wait to see what's coming, to be honest, because I know that it's coming. I don't think it's what I want for Dallas. It's what is coming for Dallas. Mm-hmm. And it's what's coming for everybody. You know, we've we've got stumbling blocks, things that are going on right now, this, 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 racism this blatant racism mm-hmm. that's come back it's it has no place here right you know and it will get squashed it's going to be taken we've been in these positions before we've had this kind of leadership before and we've moved past it and every time we move past it we get stronger yeah a little a little stronger that's what i want to believe lex thank you for giving me the hope again because sometimes <laughs> i'm I don't tired know. of getting stronger yeah oh my god it's so exhausting dude if you ever need some hope go spend some time in a high school yeah, no, These, I, don't, I spend oh, lots of yeah. time with kids. I was talking to Pat earlier today about the the teens that were here for mm-hmm. for summer camp. Yeah, these, that's, I, and I always say that. I always say like. The, the power and the movement with our youth like I never for a second lose lose like a second of sleep over where we're going as a society because like w- when the youth mobilizes on something it's like that's where the their the mindset yeah. like ready yeah to like go. boom we're, we're we're gonna get to work 
So for sure. And then <coughs> before I ask you about your work and where we can find you all, what can we do as Latinx, you know, cis privileged people to help the community? Besides, you know, obviously we're recording this, we're getting some of the word out there, but what can we really do to to be you know, better allies, I guess, even though some people hate that word, um, and really just be there and support these communities. That's it. Just be there and support the communities. Yeah. That doesn't mean show up and talk. No, not at all. That doesn't mean take the spotlight. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean tell somebody what you know they need. Um, A lot of times, and and I don't like to always put it out there like that, but allies are great and we need them, but sometimes we need them to learn their place. Yeah, shut up and listen. Yeah, there's there's times for you to step up and say, I'm an ally, I'm here to help, but there's also times for you to say, hey, let me help you make this platform Mm -hmm. and give you your voice. Right, let uplift you. Yeah, because... you know, you just, there's so many people out there that tell you what you need that eventually you get tired and you're like, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 you know, and then it just gets frustrating and, and, and then we start working against each other. For sure. Um, but what you're doing, what you guys are doing is amazing. I mean, you guys open the door for a lot of people that don't have a voice. Thanks. Gosh, Lex. Cute. <laughs> well, then tell us, thank you so much for the kind words. Where can we find and follow your work? And tell us about your current projects before you leave. You kind of told us a little bit already, but if yeah. there's anything else. So I'm working on Mariquan X. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, we've got the show coming up in San Antonio. That'll be, I'm going down to curate that show at the 1st of August. It'll open on the 11th of August. Um, then we'll be doing our final show for the year back here in Dallas in September. We're going to bring all of the shows and put them Ooh, together in one big show. That um, awesome. So we're looking for a place for this. We're looking for someone <laughs> that'll exhibit it and yeah. house it for a little bit because I don't want to just do a pop-up. Uh-huh. Um, That's good. <clears throat> Transpose Extended will be coming out. We should should be doing our first screening probably towards the end of August. So Keep once we get that out, yeah, we want to take it everywhere that we can. Um, that's Those are my main projects. That's really what I'm working on right now. Yay. And where do they find you on social media or a website or so you how do they contact you? Find me personally on Facebook because I'm old and that's <laughs> what I use. <laughs> my nieces, you and me both. Yeah, my you nieces are both, like, Dio, you need to use your Instagram. And I'm like, I don't know how. Oh, my God. <laughs> you're, you're learning. No, I'm learning. I've been posting on Instagram. Yes. And I started tweeting. Tweeting Whoa. is the best. I love yeah, Twitter. I didn't, I didn't. I had a Twitter for a long time, and I didn't use it be, until um, the Miami Herald added me on Ooh, Twitter. Mira? And I was like, hey, what's Dang. going on? Airflip. Yeah, well, they picked up one of the articles about our show. Oh, oh yeah. snap. Yeah, yeah, so I was just like, what is Look, this? Look, there's so much you're not bragging on that I wish <laughs> you would have told me for this bio. And so I wouldn't have been like, oh, what about college? When I could have been like Miami Herald, though. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, if you want to know, tomorrow I'm meeting with the reporter from The Observer. Yeah. Yesterday we met with the Congrats. reporter from KERA. Very cool. We're hoping that that KERA thing moves on to NPR. Yeah, I mean, oh. why not? I mean. Pray for it. We'll see what Cross happens. Cross fingers. Um, but, Mariko Next, we do have our own social media. Mariko Next has Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. Look at y'all. Mira. Keeping up with the time. Hombre. Yeah, and, and my hubby. 
Yay. My love. He's the one that runs our social media. So sweet. Yeah. So if you ever want to throw a shout out to Sunny, you can just go yes, on our social Sunny. media. Hi, Sunny. <laughs> What's good, Sunny? What's You're good? <laughs> Thanks for being on the social media and in real life doing amazing things. Um, so then I also, we've already announced it, but we're really excited to be partnering with you for our Grace Bay show um, that's in collaboration with Mariconex to bring to you all here at the Oak Cliff Cultural Center on August 17th. So if you want to see our collaborative effort outside of this podcast, you can come to our Grace Space art show. Our submissions are open. So please, please, please send us your work. Um, and thank you, Alejandro Trevino, for being on The Colores Radio. You hold so much more power than you you show and you are nothing but it everything Seriously. in your life is you a testimony know, like For real. i'm like i see you and you're so sweet and you're so friendly but my goodness your story and everything you've done for the dallas community and the dallas lgbt community is incredible and impactful and has made the world of a difference for this area no doubt Oh, thank you so much. Thank so thank you for yeah, being here. True. Thanks. Well, thank you guys for inviting us. Of and course. Giving me the opportunity to kind of talk about what I'm doing and just ramble on. You're I not was... rambling. We're here listening. We <laughs> like it. I love coming here. This is like a, a second home to me. Aww, you know, Rafa's opened this space up to us. For he's sure. he's the one that kicked us off. Wow. <laughs> don't play. Don't uh-huh. play. We love you, Lex. Well, we thank you for being on the Colores Radio. All right. Thank you. <laughs> All right. We want to thank Alejandro Lex Trevino for being with us again. I really don't think he realizes how freaking vital he is to this community. Like, I don't think a lot of people, um, I don't know. I feel like he doesn't get enough recognition and he totally should because he's so humble and he's not even giving himself the credit for his amazing story and everything he's done. True. So we are very glad to have him here at the Colores. And now we can jump into Rafa's favorite segment. Sing it. Self-care corner. (laughs) You sound sad. It is time for... (laughs) Okay, I guess I'll do it. Self-care corner. Were you going to (laughs) ding? Jesus Christ. So, I've been talking about this topic for a few weeks now, and I wanted to um, actually pay some respect to, um, I guess, the creator of the terminology self-care, and I saw this cute little, not cute, this tweet that I thought was really great. Shout out to Winston who retweeted it, and then I was like, ooh, I need people to see this because this is important. Um... So I'm going to read this little thread from at Natalie Reed 84. Uh, They said the term self-care should not simply be a synonym for stress relief or me time or generalized femi indulgence. The term was coined for an extremely specific sociopolitical context, a black lesbian with cancer inhabiting a body that needed care, but was marked by society as undeserving of care. It was in this context that the idea of caring for oneself, taking steps to make sure you're well, physically and emotionally, and also feeling beautiful and okay was a politically radical action because she was in a position where these things 
were supposed to be denied. A white cis woman taking a fucking bubble bath is not a politically radical action. It is in all likelihood exactly what patriarchal capitalism wants white cis women to be doing, spending lots of money to maintain the beauty of their body for male consumption and doing so in such a way that you find pleasure in the act. All actions are politically loaded. The political is the personal. When a black woman cares for her health, that is much more radical an action than a white woman doing so because society does not value black women's lives. When a trans woman cares for her beauty, that is much more radical an action than a cis woman doing so because society does not value trans women's beauty. When a queer woman cares for her emotional stability, that is much more radical action than a straight woman doing so because society wants lesbians to appear unstable and emotionally unhealthy. Resist the appropriation of radical concepts as new dressing for capitalist marketing. Um, so then there was some added stuff. Um, so from my understanding, this was created by Audre Lorde, which is a writer and activist and just a powerful queer black woman. Um, and I think that I myself, right, had to check my privilege in that because I talk about self-care and I'm very keen on it and very passionate about it. So it reminded me that I need to do a lot more research about this term and what it means. Um, so I just wanted to point that out and... Uh, give thanks to the people that created this concept, right? Because I don't know where we would be at as, as a society right now if it wasn't for something like that. Um, and then my actual self-corner, my self-care corner tip for the week was to, um, to feel your hurt and heal, which is a fully loaded concept. Um, and I've seen several posts about it and I've been working on it myself for the last few months was to like actually allow myself to feel my pain and to comfort myself with that because pain is felt by everyone. Um, and it's trauma a lot of times and it's experiencing that hurt and it's acknowledging all the experiences you've had and dealt with in your life and really living with it and sitting with it. And I remember I spoke with a therapist once that literally said, you have to like legitimately hug and physically comfort yourself sometimes to feel what you're going through, right? Because a lot of times like we cry or our, our, we sweat or our hands, um, you know, just get tingly and like there's different forms of the physical taking place when we're hurting so I just want to remind people that that we can't run from the hurt that you genuinely have to sit and feel your pain and allow yourself to accept it I think from in my opinion before you can truly begin to heal and healing is different for everyone all the self-care tips I've given might not work for anybody or whatever it is so just really acknowledge that, acknowledge your hurt, and, and then you can start to really heal. Um, so I know that's a lot. I know it's really heavy. I don't know if you two want to add anything. Feel free to. I mean, I felt like I just felt some sort of special message within myself, like she was talking to me. <laughs> it made me feel a certain type of way. So thank yeah, you. Of course. Because sometimes I don't even remember to like. It's easier to run stop from. Stop and reflect and think, oh, shit. I've gone through something. Mm -hmm. I should probably think about it and think about healing. And in a way, outside of me just being, I'm going to go hide and talk about it with myself. Right. So thank you. Of course. 
Um, and I say that because I've have I've had discussions with my mom recently about like how has she healed from all the trauma? How has our families healed from all this shit they've experienced? Because to me, it it's intergenerational, right? So even before we were born, our parents had already been through so much shit that like we didn't know about. And so I just want to remind everyone to really consider um, what their hurt is and how to heal as the self-care for this week. Woo! Ding, 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 ding. Rafa, take the next one. Upcoming Decolores events. Are you okay? Yeah. You're making me sad. <laughs> Why? Because you sound sad. Oh, no, I'm not sad. I'm trying to feel We're my hurt. We're all sad. We're Mexican and sad yeah, like I'm that Mexican playlist. I'm Mexican and sad. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so there's this production <laughs> by Prism Movement Theater. Yeah. Um, pretty cool. Jeffrey Colangelo, Katie Ty uh, started Prism. And Jeff wrote a show called Bruno and Louis, Two Mimes Louis. on a Quest for Fame. Yes. Part of the Festival of Independent Theaters at the Bathhouse Cultural Center. It opens, um, wow, tomorrow. Are you the, nervous? Um, Do you love this shit? I am there. <laughs> I said it backwards, but it's fine. Friday. The 13th is when it opens. Yes. And there's a total of seven shows. Oh my God, it's Friday the 13th. It is. Total of seven <laughs> shows. Uh, you can find the event on Facebook, Bruno. Bruno. Hey. Yeah. Bruno and Louis. Um, but you can go to festivalofindependenttheaters.org. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then look up tickets. Uh, you get two shows for the price of one. Deals, uh, deals, deals. Yeah, deals, deals, deals. Uh, Omar Padilla, amazingly, ridiculously talented Mexican actor. We got two Mexican for, actors. I'm a huge fan of Omar. That was the whole, that was how Jeff sold me on this. I have no time to do anything. And <laughs> Jeff said, hey, man, I'm writing this show. It's about two mimes, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he gave me the pitch. I was like, oh, man, I don't really have a whole lot of time. I won't be able to do rehearsals back to back. And he was like, yeah, I got Omar to do it. And I was like, I'll do it. I'll find a way to make it work. Aww. And so here I am, like, with no sleep, but super excited to be a part of this show. It opens. Uh, yeah, and if, if you get a chance to come check it out, I think it'll be pretty cool, pretty fun. You'll have a laugh or two. Um, Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. If not, you How can just long laugh at How many shows are there? Uh, I want to say there's seven shows. Zane, um, are you like an actor? Yeah. God, wow. Stop. Uh, it's not a long show. It's about 45 minutes. Um, if you want more information on when it actually like starts or whatever, uh, you can, again, check festivalofindependenttheaters.org. You can holler at me, holler at Prism Theater, Jeff, Colangelo, Omar Padilla. Shout out to Rat Rios, Sammy Rios, did the music, the sound design Ooh. on this. Um, so, yeah, it should be dope. Opens at the Bathhouse Cultural Center July 13th. Go support our mans, you guys. Yippee! I'm very excited. You're and too I'm, excited. I am because I haven't seen you act live. Like, I did for like five seconds, but that didn't count. I act every day of my life. You right. You a liar. We all know. Just kidding. Okay, so go support him and local theater and also like two Mexican actors. Like, can you believe? Okay, True. I'm so sorry. Um, the rest of our Decolores events that Rafa forgot about. Um, I You, I didn't want to cut you. I gave it to she, you. And she, she literally just cut me off. Did she not, Pat? I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. Go finish it. And then we're also taking submissions. From okay, her. no. What you not finna do? 
We are also taking submissions. Please send us your stuff. Actually, we're really excited about our next Grace Base. I am really um, excited. Yeah, our, our Pride Grace Base Orgullex show. It's not Orgullekis. Not Orgullekis. <laughs> done in collaboration with Mariconex. Yes, uh, which you just big learned about. Out. Yeah, big shout out to Lex Trevino. Uh, seriously, that man is doing so much and all kinds of things. And he is a man of action. And if he sees something that needs to happen, he works to he make sure that it, it does. Yeah, so we're really happy and excited about teaming up with Mariconex to make... Um, our next gray space, Orgullex, uh, uh, successful and exciting and uh, an amazing platform as we've been trying to do with the gray space art shows. And Absolutely. I feel like we've done a really good job. So, yeah, so please tell some, all your friends, you don't have to be local <clears throat> to submit. You do not. You can send up to three pieces. And we literally mean poetry, scripts, images, videos, sculptures, designs, absolutely anything you have created and you Fashion. feel is either representative of the LGBTQ community or of Orgullex, of Pride, or of the community, and or you're just a part of the community and you want to send us our work, your work, do it. Yeah. We are open to all of it and we want to uplift your work and show it in a awesome pop-up gallery. Pop up gallery, gallery here at the yes. Oak Cliff Cultural Center on August 17th. Yes. So hit us up. Decolores Collective at gmail.com. Send us a DM, something, comment, tag your friends who you think should be a part of the show, any and all of that, please. Uh, we want to make sure that this this is a dope show, and we're fans of everyone. So, like, if you have some dope stuff, we really want to see it, and Absolutely. we want other people to see it. So, make sure you holler at us. Um, and lastly, uh, there is the Juan Gabriel Festival. Wow. Wow. Being presented by uh, Mercado 369, which is just a block over here on Jefferson. <laughs> but it's in collaboration with the Texas Theater and, of course, the Oak Cliff Cultural Center. So we're going to be, um, we'll be doing like a little, uh, I guess, talent show. We'll have an art show for it in celebration of Juan Gabriel. Um, so we'll have a little more information on that in the upcoming weeks. But make sure you stay tuned for announcements from your your family here at Decolores Radio. Oh my God! Your family. Yes, we, if you're listening, you are our family. You are our family. We struggle together, boo. Yes. Yay! So those are some of our upcoming Decolores events. We have a lot of other exciting things planned um, that we will give you all soon. Our brown business of the week. I'm gonna pass to the one, the only, Patricia. Bre Arreguin. Oh, wow. She said my full name. I don't think no, I've heard I didn't. Sh- Patricia Marie Arreguin. Ooh. Oh, now she did. Okay. She's the um, only one with a middle name and my mom loves her the most. <laughs> and on that note, let's talk about the brown business of the week. Uh, so last week, I finally made the... Um, I finally attended a queer as fuck um, poetry Open mic with the Revolution Cafe. So the Revolution Cafe is our brown business of the week this week. Um, it's run by Nisi and Iman. Currently, they do not have a brick and mortar shop, but they are doing like once a month uh, queer POCs, uh, pop-ups at Deep Vellum Books. And I made the, um, I went last Friday and it was really cool. It was really awesome. They started the whole um, poetry thing with like affirmation so that you could actually, everybody said what their affirmation was about themselves. So it like brought in this really positive energy with everyone and it just made everyone feel really supported. And it was just really beautiful. Like people were singing. Um, They had a few 
poets. One, uh, I'm trying to remember their names right now. One was from Houston. I'm trying to remember their names. I can't remember right now. I'll look it up later. But yeah, they had um, like a poetry teacher and then like a another woman that performed as well. That was really awesome. But it was just a safe space. They do it all the time. It was packed in there. Like I couldn't even walk. But um, but yeah. So d- definitely check them out. There Where do uh, we support them? So right now, because they don't have a uh, space, you can follow them. On Instagram, underscore revolution, R-E-V-O-L-U-T-I-O-N, underscore cafe. Um, so what it is, is it, they said, on their bio says, Hey, it's Nisi Niman. We are two unapologetically queer black women venturing to open our first community coffee shop and bookstore in Dallas, Texas. Very so they're, what they're trying to do is have a coffee shop, a bookstore, and they're going to be making like vegan goods as well, like vegan food as well. Um, so they're hoping to open up in 2019. Dope support these people clearly they need our help and they deserve to have their physical location so shout out to revolution cafe Woo! now it is time for who you got con de coco rayado patricia <laughs> um i've been a bookworm lately yeah i haven't been listening to like like I obviously I'm always listening to stuff, but I haven't been like dedicated to one thing to say like that's my thing. Mm-hmm. I will shout out um, Richard for introducing me to Mahio Bus um, to, on the past episode because I played it for y'all that eight bit Juan Gabriel and Luis Miguel. Like it was everything I ever needed in my life. Um, so yeah, it just really made my day. I'm glad y'all liked it. But I've been reading. Um, so I'm in a little book club. Thanks, Talia. She got me in a book club. I'm reading. A, I was reading a Janet Mock's "Redefining Realness." Um, it's her path um, to womanhood, identity, love, and so much more. She wrote it in 2014, I believe. It was really, really good. It talks about her transition and growing up and everything. And um, sometimes it's just really good to read that because, unfortunately, like yeah, we know all the amazing things that Janet Mock does, and she's a huge a- activist and a all different forms of platforms, but um, hearing her perspective and her story, like it spoke a lot to me to like understand what trans women go through all the time. So yeah, I definitely recommend that. And I'm also reading The Hate You Give, which I was talking to Rafa about earlier that's turning into a film because um, I didn't know what Thug Life meant reference to Tupac until I read it on the book. So yeah. So definitely. Why don't you share with us what yes, that means? Yes, please. So, um, you should explain, you explained it better than I did. I just didn't know that. I didn't say anything. When we, when we talked about it earlier. Well. (laughs) Because I, the name of the book is The Hate You Give, which is, um, thug essentially, but it's part of the thug life thing. So you can elaborate a little better than I can. I'll just elaborate really quickly a little bit. I don't want to take away your shine, but, uh, a lot of people, and I was telling Pat that a lot of the times when. Pac said thug life like it meant a, a whole lot more than what people thought it meant and the so obvious. people right and people were quick to dismiss it and say oh you know you're glorifying gang life and all these other things but when you talk about things and you look at something like the hate you give and the way that you know the children and the young generation is put into a system where this is what you label them mm-hmm. when you try to like basically reclaim a title and understand that it means something that's empowering to a community, that's what Pac was trying to do with the whole thug life movement and not so much a, look, we are this because we love it and this is our way of being, but more so like this is, 
you know, you can call us this, but it means so much more than what you think. And we mm-hmm. represent, you know, a people and a community and we're strong and we're resilient and we're not going to, you know, stand by and let whatever construct you've yeah. designed for us to ruin our be, life. Be placed on us. So yeah, it was, the whole book is centered on a girl witnessing um, her one of her friends getting killed by a police officer. So it just t- reflects on that book and talks about growing up in the hood and all this stuff. And it's turning into a film, so that's why I wanted to read it. Um, but it's really good. I'm like, I'm typically a slow reader, and this one I haven't been able to stop. Neither Janet Mock one either. I couldn't stop reading that one. Yay, I'll have to read. Do you have both? I can seal them or the library. I have them from the library. Is it your local library plug? I mean, I can plug that all day, every day. Rafita, what you got? Uh, Good God. Oh, gosh. I (laughs) didn't realize I did that. Sorry. I've been all over the place with music, and there's some stuff that I'm like, what is this? And some stuff that's really dope. No, uh, I want to shout. I'll save them for upcoming episodes. I wanted to shout out our good homie from Corpitos. Svani and Principe Ku has uh, Scrumbia Volume 3 out. Uh, go so you can. Yeah, go support him. It's on Spotify, Sound. No, not on SoundCloud. Spotify and iTunes. Maybe and SoundCloud. It, it might be on SoundCloud. I don't right. know. I don't Scrumbia know. Scrumbia Volume 3, Spotify. Yeah. <clears throat> go support our mans. Is that all you're giving us? Yeah. Wow. I feel like I'm missing a part of my soul. Um, I. Am giving y'all what you've already gotten before, but y'all ain't listening. So I need to repeat myself. I need to reintroduce myself. Some of them say, um, uh, <laughs> uh, I saw Meg the Stallion, which I've been telling everybody to listen to because I need her to be like hugely famous already. And she's not, um, which is fine. It's cute. I saw her here at a uh, old raggedy bar and um she's amazed and she's super cute and i just love how she raps and she released her little album tina snow so if you're into ratchet shit basically go listen because <laughs> i am um she makes you feel like <clears throat> that bench if you need to feel like that bench okay um so check her out if you haven't already lots of fun Lots of feeling yourself, good vibes. Um, well, lots of fun shit, basically. And then also, Pose, uh, shout out to them for getting season two. Yay! Woo! But it's literally the best thing I've seen in uh, months. It's really fantastic. And I don't see why, especially after this episode. Oh, yeah, Janet Mock directed this exactly. episode. Exactly. And, well, and Janet Mock is a writer mm-hmm. and producer on the show. And you have every reason to support our, our queer community. And this TV show is every reason to do so. It, it Not every reason to do so, but this is a show you can support literally with my Emmy rant. Like these are the kinds of shows we need. These are the things that are teaching us and giving us stories that we haven't seen before. We haven't heard before. And they're done so fucking well, a really great TV show. I'm happy to be watching is pose and you should go watch it. You can do your little FX login with your little cable, borrow your sisters. Like I do just go support these media outlets these organizations these people that need our support um 
So yay, that's our Who You Got with the Coco. We had initially planned to do Dear Eva. I'm so sorry that we don't want these episodes to run as long as they used to because we can talk all day. So that wraps it up for us here at the Colores Radio. We will do those questions next time. Don't forget to share the podcast and follow us on social media. Thank you again to Alejandro Trevino, Lex, for being with us. I don't know of a better person to help us start this discussion on the queer community, um, especially within Dallas, but obviously for the world to listen, to hear, to understand, uh, to explore, especially in our Latinx community where we don't talk about it enough. We don't highlight these people enough. Um, and they're often on the front line leading our movements. Uh, so we're really excited about this upcoming gray space. We're excited to be bringing in more people that highlight this community and, then remember to always subscribe and leave us a darn review. I know some people ask me like, where do I do that? Go to iTunes, go to your podcast app and it, where it shows our stars, you can go, it literally says like, write a review, go do that. I, my whole self-esteem depends on it. Um, so <laughs> please, you can do that at night during the day, whenever we can't get enough of them. So please go help us out. We'd love to keep growing. Uh, share it with your family and friends or your racist uncle. Let us know what your favorite part was. Tweet us or just hit us up. We love hearing from you all. We could not go on without your support. Pat, take it away from me. Tell everyone to follow us at Decolores Co. At Decolores Co. on Instagram, Facebook, um, SoundCloud, Twitter, my beeper. Uh, if, you, if, you enjoy, if you enjoy our personal thoughts you can follow Eva at Eva Arreguin Rafa at Exile um, and I recently changed my handle on Instagram and Twitter I don't know if I'm gonna keep it this way gonna change it again but Pat at Tahin.mami on Instagram and Tahinmami on Twitter at least get us that sponsorship, boo. I know. Let me get that. Like, tahin for real, though, was good. You'd probably have to do, like, a weird tahin porn. Never mind. Oh, gosh. I don't that. want that in my life. But, um, or, yes. Or in your crevices. Yes, that too. Um, Our theme song is Cumbia Anthem by El Zassi. Our audio editor is Jason Ramirez. We promise to keep growing and providing you with entertaining content. And more importantly, a platform for your voices and work to be lifted. Contact us on social media or email us at decoloriscollective at gmail.com. Thank you so much again for listening and join us again next time for Decolores Radio. Decolores Radio. Bye.